It's 5.34. This is local and regional news on KDNK. I'm Haddison Rensberry. New research shows less snow is falling in many parts of the U.S., including our region. The data comes from Climate Central, which analyzed decades of annual snowfall trends in over 2,000 locations. It found nearly two-thirds of them now get less snow than they did in the early 1970s. That's the case in many parts of Nevada, Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, and Utah. Each state has a few areas that do see more snow. Climate Central's Caitlin Trudeau led the research what winter means, what snow means to people culturally, uh, just for our environment and for our ecosystems, for our water supplies. It's just, it's incredibly important. She says the trend of less snowfall is also bad for the ski industry and farmers who face the risk of not having enough water to irrigate their crops. Jamie Hozak, currently the head of middle school at the Aspen Country Day School, has been named as the new principal for Basalt Middle School. Roaring Fork School District notes that he will begin the role in the fall. Las Vegas casinos took in a record amount of gambling revenue last year. Other cities are gaining traction as gambling destinations, including some in our region, but they remain far behind Las Vegas. Yvette Fernandez reports for the Mountain West News Bureau. Las Vegas remains the number one gambling spot in the nation, with nearly $9 million in revenue. That's more than twice as much as second-ranked Atlantic City, New Jersey. Colorado's Black Hawk Central City area ranked 10th in the latest data from the American Gaming Association. Bob and Kim Deby Lademons are visiting from Belgium. They say Las Vegas offers much more than just a single draw. Las Vegas is a brand, so if you want to gamble, you come to Las Vegas. It's the city of entertainment. Yeah. It's worldwide. It's, yes. it's well known. I think it will be very difficult for other cities to, to arrive to the same point as this. Nationwide revenues from casino games, sports betting, and iGaming hit $67 billion last year, according to the Gaming Association. These figures do not include tribal gaming revenues. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Yvette Fernandez. A bill meant to help protect Coloradans from wildfires passed through the House of Representatives this week. It encourages locally designed emergency evacuation plans for residents that take into account their pets for wildfires or other emergencies that happen in rural mountain communities. The bill is co-sponsored by Representatives Mark Snyder and Elizabeth Velasco. Democratic state lawmakers announced a package of legislation yesterday to tackle high air pollution on the Front Range. KUNC's Lucas Brady-Woods reports the bills would create new regulations for oil and gas production. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency classifies the Northern Front Range as a, quote, severe violator of air quality standards. Under the new bills, oil and gas companies would have to go through a special permitting process to operate in high-pollution areas. They would also have to pause their operations during summer months when air quality is worst. Dr. Nikita Habermel, a Denver-area pediatrician, says she's tired of seeing patients suffer from bad air. Too often in my emergency department, I treat children suffering from severe asthma attacks that can often be linked to higher levels of ozone and other pollutants in our ear. Republican lawmakers and the oil and gas industry oppose the bill. They say it will have a negative impact on jobs, transportation, and the cost of living. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods at the state capitol. 
Applications for primary draw licenses will open up on March 1st, and Colorado Parks and Wildlife is already warning hunters for this year's season to pay special attention to recent big-game license reductions for severe winter zones. This being due to the fact that overall numbers are still down from the mortality which occurred last winter. The White River National Forest uses a variety of methods to manage its 2.3 million acres, whether that's pickup trucks, OHVs, or drones. But there's one tried-and-true method of getting around wilderness that's been around forever that the Forest Service still relies on. Horses and mules. At a recent three-day clinic in Rifle, Forest Service workers got a chance to get more experience on horseback to help make 10 to 20-mile days a little easier. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Caroline Yanez of Aspen Public Radio has the story. In his leather chaps with fringe, a cowboy hat and boots, and a sharp-looking neckkerchief, Crosby Davidson looks like the textbook example of a western cowboy. I can't get enough of horses and mules, so I'll, I'll tolerate the trail work in order to be able to be around horses and mules. Davidson is the trails and wilderness manager for the Shoshone National Forest in Wyoming. He's also the leader of the Shoshone Specialty Pack String. Today, he's in rifle at the Garfield County Fairgrounds, hosting a three-day clinic to help employees of the White River National Forest get experience on horseback. His co-instructor is three-year-old Slim, who is literally champing at the bit to get the day started. How you feeling? I really like Slim. Slim's very curious. He's very willing. He's, he's always willing to to try to get the job done, and he's one of the good ones for sure. Slim hasn't had very many riders. Today is a learning experience for him, too, to help him get adjusted to being around lots of different people. Once he's more comfortable, he'll do a variety of work, like hauling heavy loads in and out of wilderness areas. Or he'll help folks like recreation specialist Trish Barrier. A lot of our areas are off trails or off roads, so getting out to kind of see how the public's using our public lands outside of, you know, our designated systems. She says she's often hiking 10 miles or more a day in the Eagle Holy Cross Ranger District. Getting comfortable on horseback will make those days a lot easier. That rain. And then asking harder if you need to. Like many of the other students here today, Barrier has limited equestrian experience. She's practicing getting the halter on her horse, Nathan. She says it's been a two-way street getting to know each other. To really have them respect you and to, you know, ask them, and then you sometimes have to demand them to do things, but that they ultimately want to work. Barrier is now part of a very long tradition of horseback riding in the U.S. Forest Service, one that dates back to the agency's beginnings in the early 20th century. Rangers at the time used to have ranger stations one day's ride away from each other for their district. That's Curtis Keach, the Blanco District Ranger based in Meeker. He's here to help out and observe. And so they would have one horse and one pack horse and pack all their gear for a week, all their food and everything, and ride from ranger station to ranger station to patrol their district and cover their ground. Keech's district is a lot more remote than the rest of the forest, with a lot of wilderness and no ski resorts. We, we like to uh, joke that uh, hunting season is our ski season in, on the Blanco district. 
That means having to be just as handy with a horse as the professional hunting and fishing guides that do business in their district. And, of course, the ranchers that have grazing permits in the Flat Tops Wilderness. We have a lot of cattle grazing and sheep grazing. And to go out and ride their allotments with them, it's an important part of the job. According to Scott Woodall, the rangeland program manager for the White River National Forest, pretty much everyone who works on the forest will have to get on a horse at some point. We have geologists and botanists and wildlife biologists and fisheries biologists and hydrologists and geologists and rangeland ecologists. And we all use these animals to get up to that high country. And whether a horse is hauling lumber to build a bridge in the wilderness or carrying supplies for a three-day drop camp for field work, Crosby Davidson wants his students to recognize and understand them as valuable co-workers. Get a horse to where he want, he's wanting to do exactly what I'm wanting to do, and we're both kind of working in partnership to get a job done. For Aspen Public Radio News, I'm Caroline Yanez. That story was produced with help from the Public Media Journalists Association Editor Corps. It's supported by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. It was shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, including KDNK. This is KDNK News. For more information, photos, and additional assets related to news stories like that one, you can check out kdnk.org.